Oh, hi, I'm Josh Lakash, and this is the free version of Wrong Opinion on either iTunes or Spotify. Now, I don't know if you know this, but there's a full version on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash wrongop, where you could get full hour to hour and a half long episodes for just three bucks a month if you want just the audio. But I also have a video version, which is eight bucks a month, and you get video and audio. You get it all. I haven't even raised the prices considering the massive inflation going on, so it's really basically free. And you can just go there, patreon.com forward slash wrong OP. With that being said, here is the free version, you fucking commie. Oh, hi, I'm Josh Cash, and this is Wrong Opinion. Right off the bat, I got to tell you, I'm feeling a little bit of FOMO because my brother and family friend over my left shoulder, I see them there in the water, they're surfing. And I'm here delivering you another epic podcast because I am dedicated. I am dedicated to you guys. I am dedicated to my routine. I'm dedicated to uh, consistently put out, <laughs> to consistently put out, um, you know, these these very good informative podcasts. Pat on the back to me. Very good work ethic, Josh. Proud of you. Proud of your boy. Um, and part of that work ethic is I know I do a show. Obviously, I know because I do it, but I maybe you don't know. I do a show, a live show on Saturdays on Censored.TV. And sometimes I feel bad because uh, although I do an episode on Thursday, a lot still happens between Thursday and this episode on Tuesday. And then a lot of that, I cover it on the Saturday live episodes. And I feel like sometimes maybe you guys are like, wait, this whole thing happened and he didn't even mention it. But trust me, I did on the Saturday live episode. But this was something that is a was a continuation of Thursday's episode. And I wanted to bring it up just to wrap it all up in a nice little bow. And on Thursday's episode, which was a very long one, I was talking about the human trafficking, that it's a real problem, child sex trafficking. And for some reason, the Atlantic uh, kind of wanted to brush it off. And the whole thing, the whole conclusion I came to was that they want to brush it off because um, the, the, the Ghislaine Maxwell trial is almost like a hoax to begin with. They rested their case, uh, which is crazy because it was only like two. The Kyle Rittenhouse trial seemed like it was longer than the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. And it seems like it's by design. It seems like it was a show trial. It was fake. Uh, regardless of the outcome for Ghislaine Maxwell, the fact of the matter is, is that information that should have should have come out didn't. And it just shows you who who's really in control. And it's the, the, the shadowy people on top that should have been exposed from this and just haven't because, you know, uh, they they are in power and they're very good at being in power. And I'm sure they saw this coming from a mile away and they've always been protected. And again, I still think Jeffrey Epstein is still alive, by the way, because of just how everything has transpired after that. So I wanted to wrap up the Atlantic thing uh, that I, I did kind of wrap up on Saturday. But if you're not subscribed to Censored, I tweeted this on Friday. Uh, Lauren Powell Jobs, Steve Jobs' widow, and Ghislaine Maxwell having fun. Oh, and she owns the Atlantic. So uh, Steve Jobs' widow wife owns the Atlantic. And she's friends with Ghislaine, clearly friends with Ghislaine Maxwell. And it's very convenient that this sort of article comes out on on the Atlantic. 
And the thing is, is that, you know, they act pretty openly uh, about how corrupt they are. They're pretty open about their corruption. And we can point it out and we can point out how hypocritical it all is. But that's kind of the extent of where it goes. Will they ever be punished or questioned by um, seemingly authoritative figures? No, they won't. They get questioned by people like me. And uh, and then it kind of, you know, loses steam. I mean, my tweet got close to 40,000 likes, over a million impressions, which means that people are thirsty for this sort of information. But obviously, the powers that be don't want to ever talk about these things because they're the ones who are involved in these sort of heinous crimes. I mean, even if Lauren Powell Jobs wasn't a part of the child sex trafficking and she didn't partake or anything like that, which she probably didn't, uh, it's still probably embarrassing to her and she doesn't want people to look that direction. It's that simple. Um, and then and then, literally the same day I tweeted that, it comes out that a, a CNN producer, I mean, this publication calls it a staffer. He's a producer at CNN. He worked for Chris Cuomo. Uh, he, it turns out, was a pedophile. He... He always he, 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 he operated like pedophiles do in a predatory manner where his sort his 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 basically style was to go after single moms because they're very weak and then through the single mom go to the daughter and he did this v- v- many times and um, and again this is a, a major story that got swept under the rug and not only that it confirms basically, that the 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 piece by the Atlantic is a complete farce, and the thing is, is that the piece in the Atlantic didn't put together stats and figures as to why it's wrong. It's just a, a lot of opinions as to why it's wrong, and and that it's just a recruiting device for QAnon. Okay, what 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 it is a recruiting for uh, device for is the fact that it it transcends party lines, and it's something that anyone in the United States any decent working person in the United States can get behind. And they thought that that was very dangerous. So the best way to discredit it, you know, other than, you know, to protect the people on top, the best way to discredit it was to say that it's a, it's just a massive fake conspiracy theory. And then literally the next day, it turns out a CNN producer is one of these child grooming pedophile rapists. And, um, yeah, Stanford man, a CNN staffer, allegedly coerced woman to sexually train daughters at his Vermont home. So that obviously is old news because it happened. It was it was revealed four days ago and no one should ever talk about it again. The media media never did. So Congresswoman, you know what? Fuck it. Congressman, because I'm not going to do this woman thing like like a uh, police woman. Everything is firewoman. no. Everything is man, and I'm going to stick with it. So Congressman Lauren Boebert said, th- uh, tweeted, 365,000 children went missing in 2020. You haven't heard a word from the media about it. Therein lies the problem. So then obviously uh, someone at CNN, you know, covering for a former colleague, needs to debunk it. And the best way to debunk it is by saying, uh, because, you know, these are this is one of those topics that needs to be debunked, you know. Uh, people shouldn't be looking into this sort of thing. It needs to be debunked. It's insane. Uh, Bill Weir, CNN, according to the same FBI document, Lauren Boebert quotes here, 95% were runaways, 2% were abducted by a non-custodial parent, and a total of 276.1% were abducted by strangers and likely covered by the media. Therein lies 
uh, the problem with this tweet, but it also doesn't it doesn't discredit the tweet. It doesn't disprove the tweet. It doesn't disprove the problem. Uh, I, I'm actually interested to know the numbers. Uh, you know, if this is the sort of thing that's skyrocketing, if if every year it gets larger and larger, which I think in a fragmented society would be true. So um, there's always a way you can debunk someone's statistics because statistics is a very finicky thing to begin with. But, um, you know, this didn't disprove Lauren Boebert's point because like that CNN story, uh, you can still groom these sorts of children and you can still rip them away from families uh, if you are that sort of um, predatory type of person who goes after single mothers, you know, they weren't abducted, but they were still, you know, a statistic in this sort of case, I guess, but maybe I'm wrong. And then also to go uh, a little bit further into that, that, that Atlantic, which I think I did on Thursday or Saturdays or both podcasts. Uh, it's just such a mess of a publication. And I definitely said this on Thursday or Saturday too, or both. And I will say it again. I came to this conclusion that is absolutely correct. Um, the media is only credible because of the font that they use for their logo. The New York Times is credible because of that. The Atlantic is credible to many because of that. And I suspect many other publications and companies do that same thing as well. And it's um, it probably works all across the the in the world of capitalism it probably works with with whatever you're trying to sell so if you're trying to start a new company just make the font really fancy looking and people will uh, just copy the new york times and and people will really think you're credible and you could just be selling the dumbest stupidest thing of all time but you're going to be successful so the atlantic does it and um they you know they have they have all kinds of people writing there you know they have it's a it's a very liberal place but they have conservatives writing there too you know so, so you know that they're credible because they only report the objective truth. And David Frum is one of these people. He's a conservative. Did you know that David Frum is a conservative? Well, he's not. He thinks he is or he pretends to be. He LARPs as one, I guess. He's a neocon. He's a, you know, he, he, he's a, a very big fan of, of nation building and going to wars that are completely stupid, you know, proxy wars. So he had a big brain thought. And, and again, I just wanted to put this here because he's a writer at The Atlantic. He had a, a pretty uh, big brain thought tweet. And he wrote, seems to be the seems the best option. This is regarding coronavirus. Seems the best option is, number one, keep encouraging vaccines and boosters. You know, that's a very conservative take. Number two, impose vaccine mandates where it can be done. You know, another very big conservative take. Number three, otherwise return to normal as fully as we can, especially the schools and Number four, let hospitals quietly triage emergency emergency care to serve the unvaccinated last. Keyword quietly. Uh, he wants to he wants the hospitals to prioritize the the vaccinated, and then the unvaccinated get the the health care that they need last. You know the big conservative take. Uh, what an evil, evil man. What an evil thought. And I don't like to use that word evil too often, but it really is. I mean, if this is your um, solution to a fake problem that was created by you and your ilk, then, um, then, you know, you're evil, you're evil and you know it too. That's the thing. It's, it's, he, I think deep down, he knows that this coronavirus thing is a complete hoax. It's a, it's, it's the flu 
rebranded. It's been completely um, mishandled because it shouldn't have been handled to begin with. You know, you know the solution to the coronavirus? Ignore it. Pretend it doesn't exist. And then the, we wouldn't have known any different because the number of people dying a year would have been the same. <laughs>